Welcome back to Shift 17. <laughs> Did I do it again? No, no okay. go ahead. Welcome back to Shift 17. This is Tiffany. This is Tasha. I'm Ryan. Ryan. Why are you trying to sound all celestial? <laughs> I was like, not, not <laughs> she's shiny at the end. or something. What is this what? lingering Egg. Some of us got skills thing. and she's, others don't. She's sparkling and glistening today. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. We're back. So we're back. This is shift 17. And Yay. your three favorite nurses are back at it again. This week we are tackling some issues um, after moms have had babies. Yes. Yeah. So let's jump into our hashtags from last oh week. My God. Oh my gosh. Which we had our guest on the Rory's show, ass. Rory. He, oh my goodness. It was a couple people who was like, seriously, this freaking guy. <laughs> it was funny. Oh my gosh. He was something you know, else. He I was can't quite do the nothing but appreciate the mm-hmm. male perspective though mm-hmm. because, I mean, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's not like ours. Go ahead and show your hashtags from last my week. My hashtags from last week, I really could go in on the whole thing. Say like, some for the best of us. It was super funny. <laughs> I will. Um, hashtag karma. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that this morning. Like, oh, that is so funny. Mm-hmm. From Ryan's mindful moment, it was so funny. It was true, but it was so funny. Um, also, hashtag decalations. Decalations. Oh, my goodness. Decalations. That I goes down to in that history. Books. So many times, and I die every single time. I was like, I don't even know where I got that from, but decalations. It was funny. Because, I mean, him talking about it's in the Bible. I'm like, man, don't even read the Bible. Quick land. Listen, it's in decalations. Right. Decalations. Yes. Yeah, so mm. those are my hashtags. That's hilarious. I have hashtag booty juice. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he kept forget? evading that question. <laughs> I'm like, are you not understanding what's happening right now? He's, no, because if you arouse the Who you dating the balls hang down Mr. Drummond? <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir. 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 There's a little booty juice on your squirrel sack. Right this moment. Sir. Right. <laughs> As we speak, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have hashtag double standard. Yes, because yeah. the double mm-hmm. standards it was real. freely yeah. flying mm-hmm. all through the last shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just floating everywhere. just everywhere. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. It was interesting. I mean, listen, we asked for it, so we did. We got it, yeah. and we got it. Mm-hmm. Asking you shall receive. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's in the Bible. <laughs> no, Not in Galatians. Can't find that one in Galatians four and five. Okay. Gotta go back to the front a little bit. What about you, Tiffany? Four and five. Uh, my hashtag was stupid. I thought that. Oh, yes. was, I thought that described us pretty well. That mm-hmm. is. We're mm-hmm. silly and stupid, but we're very, very intelligent. So yes. I thought that was mm-hmm. a, a fitting hashtag for our uh, podcast. I actually like um, Amtrak time too. Oh my goodness! That was goodness, funny yes. when he was talking about guys running a train yes. on a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Amtrak time. Oh. <laughs> Let's there were so many Sally. moments that I was just like, oh, suck it, slow Samantha. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Deep Throw Debbie. Yes. We got some comments, some feedback about those two on social media this week. Oh, my God. People couldn't yes. handle it. Mm-hmm. It was funny. We had a really good time. like Talking about sex in general. Like yes. I think all three shifts were really, really yeah. good. I got really good feedback from these three shifts. Way to come back from our little break. Yeah. 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 Yes. We did it big. All right, so next we'll go to our mindful moments. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we'll start with Ryan for this one. So I have two. Um, I'll start with my light one first. The first one I have is um, I'm mindful of humanity during the state of our country right now. That's I'm light? Li hmm? That's light? <laughs> That's light. Yeah, no, humanity. Yeah, that is light. That's people being kind to one another. I've seen several people who have, um, you know, uh, orchestrated and organized um, donation efforts mm -hmm. to get food and um, clothing and necessities to people in different areas. My sister actually came up with a donation platform for particularly for women who are in need of um, feminine products mm -hmm. like um, pads and tampons and things like that to get those things to Puerto Rico and to Texas. And then I'm also mindful of the time that I have had with that I had with my mother. Um, some of you guys know and a lot of you all listeners may not know but I lost my mother this year in June. And um, that's what the biggest reason for our, our significant break over the summer um, was mostly because of that. And so I am just mindful. I have been in a place where, um, and I still go back and forth, um, really feeling like a victim, really feeling like um, I don't deserve to have lost my mother at my age. I'm only 33, and I feel like, what the hell? You know, like, I don't deserve that, you know, to lose my mother so young. But this week, my mind has really been on my mind and my heart really heavy. And so I'm just going to be, I'm going to choose to be mindful of the time that we had together. I'm going to be mindful of all the things that I look in, my, in the mirror and I see her and myself, all of my mannerisms, all of my sister's mannerisms, um, all of the things I see in my children that she, you know, all the seeds that she sowed in them and all the fruit that they're bearing as a result of all the things that she place inside of them and so I'm just going to choose to be mindful of the time that we had together in this moment I'm mindful of Ryan and her vulnerability and strength to be able to talk about things like this that are still very fresh and so thank you for sharing that I'm also mindful of the fact that there is a lot of pain in this world mm -hmm. and in light of this freaking shooter killer murderer terrorist psycho terrorist right terrorist regardless of what <laughs> webster's dictionary says which who wrote that and think about the slant from the dictionary <laughs> perspective when people want to justify um i'm mindful that there's a lot of pain in this world mm -hmm. and my hearts go out to all of those people affected i had a a friend of mine who was in Vegas at that time. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, and she was staying on the strip, and she posted the next morning, which I hadn't known anything about what happened, but she was like, something told me not to go back to my hotel. And she, I don't know where she went, but she didn't go back to her hotel that day and certain, during that same time wow. that everything was going down. So really grateful for protection, God's protection of her, um, but really sad for everything that's going on in this world and people trying to make sense of the senseless it's just it can be really heavy and difficult so for me I've been doing a lot of self-care lately and trying to unplug and back up off of social media and things that have <clears throat> brought me down or <clears throat> things that I'm noticing are bringing me down mm -hmm. and really trying to make a concerted effort to lift myself back up and refill my cup and really ponder and think about things that make me feel good mm -hmm. oh. Yes, yeah. very important. Mm -hmm. I had a similar mindful moment because this week I feel like just with all of like the recent events how you were talking about, it was just getting to be too much and yes. too heavy 
to be on social media. Like everyone's fighting with each other mm-hmm. or trying to argue down points mm-hmm. and bring people onto their side and mm-hmm. have no intention of trying to understand what you're talking about. And it's just it's just too much and too many videos. And mm-hmm. I feel like we've, we've lost sensitivity to showing videos of people being sprayed down mm-hmm. with bullets. Like their family members see these videos, right. you know, before posted, they even know. A lot yeah, of over and over again. And we just post things and say things without thinking about it. So I too was just not on. <laughs> and I, I felt better. Like it was mm-hmm. weird. Like I, I took for two days, like I would just allow myself on there for like maybe 10 minutes, like at the end of the uh-huh. day. And I quickly like go through things and get back off. And it was funny, the day that I got back on, like how I normally do, I immediately had like a headache within like a couple hours after just like going back through stuff and like, it just makes you feel heavy sometimes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think it is important to keep track of yourself and how you feel. Like a lot of times we just let stuff, because that's our our normal, Mm -hmm. we just let it keep going on, even though it affects us negatively. So yeah, so be mindful of yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your energy yeah. and what you're allowing in. Well, that was deep. <laughs> I'm like, we we're laying here kind of heavy. <laughs> it's okay. We about to lift up right back. Big difference from the last couple shifts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's back to business. <laughs> Gosh. Right. Right. Hmm. Moving right through there. Uh, what do you have? For what? Oh, I, I think my mom say something. No, no. <laughs> I thought your hand said you were going to say something. Oh, no, no, no. I was just. I was getting ready to do my windshield wipers for the tears. Because oh. <laughs> it was so heavy in here. That's all right. We'll lift it back up. Mm-hmm. Well, not right the second. So we got the inbox <laughs> report. Well, not right this <laughs> we got the inbox report, and we do have a loaded question here. Uh, the question is, why do men have sex, um, and they'll have daughters, but they don't have a plan for kind of raising those daughters the way that they, that they would want them um, to be grown women sure, yeah. in the mm-hmm. in the future, and why we as women would sleep with men mm-hmm. like this, um, which I think is a very, very good question. And then, I mean, I would venture to say that I know I have been guilty of dating a guy who had a daughter and um, didn't necessarily treat me the way that I needed to be treated or deserved to be treated. And I would, I mean, I was aware of it because I would always throw that on him like how would you feel if somebody did this to your daughter what would you tell her would you tell her to continue to be with this man would you tell her to leave him the hell alone would you have your gun ready to chase hunt somebody down because they've done this to your daughter um so i was aware of it however i was not aware of it enough to for it to i didn't take it seriously enough to make me stop talking to him as a result of Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, solely off of that. Yes, and I think that we should. I think that as women, we should be mindful of that because um, even though that daughter wasn't my daughter, she certainly is the next generation of women who are going to walk this earth. And I certainly would want better for her than what her daddy was giving to me, um, giving to me. And so I should have been more mindful, and I, I should have allowed even just that. That's enough. To be like, you know what? No, this I don't want to. Do- I don't want to date you anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be with you anymore. 
So I know I've been guilty of that. And so that question was kind of like, you know, if you can't say amen, say ouch. Like I had to move my little toes back, as my mama would say, because <laughs> that steps all on my toes because I have definitely been guilty of that before. Same. Me too. I think that a big reason for women tolerating that sort of treatment is because we have our own baggage and things that we carry around regarding men and because we are in it for whatever our selfish reasons may be or self-serving even reasons may be we kind of forego the morality of it and understanding the deeper meaning or the bigger picture for this relationship we don't see it as this is reinforcing to him that it's okay to treat women like this and this is reinforcing to us that it's okay to be treated this way so that's one thing another thing is when I was doing things like that and in these relationships that were not serving me at all, I didn't see myself as a mother of a daughter. Mm -hmm. I didn't see this guy as the father of a daughter, mm -hmm. even if he had a daughter. Right. You know, because a lot of the men that I dated, if, if they had children, I try not to date men with children, but if they had children, they were not the primary caregiver. And so then I was able to disconnect this man from this father which they're one and the same. I think it bothers me too because the responsibility a lot of times falls on the woman. And where's the responsibility of men to be a better man? You know, to not not accept your own low behavior as acceptable and tolerable just because a woman is okay with Putting it. Up with it. Yeah. And I also think we should be very careful because what picture are you painting for your daughter? Mm -hmm. And so children are very observant and they take everything. They are constantly watching adults. Even when we don't think they are watching us, they are watching us. And so, you know, if you're mistreating a woman or not treating her the way she deserves to be treated, your daughter sees that. And mm -hmm. so that's where she develops her standard mm -hmm. is how I saw my daddy treat my mom or treat his wife or treat his fiance or girlfriend or whatever so that determines what she's going to grow up and accept mm -hmm. either way so it, it's almost like a vicious cycle of what you were talking about in terms of like being self-serving or like understanding this might not be cool but it feels good right now mm -hmm. so I'm gonna roll with it mm -hmm. and then yeah that's I saw crazy. a spoken mm -hmm. word yesterday too where this guy was talking about he was doing a poem about his daughter and him basically being a father and being protective and his response to men who are like oh my god look at your daughter I hope you got your guns ready this and that and his response to that was basically like no you know I've equipped her with everything that she needs to be and grow and love whoever she wants to love now what are we going to do about your sons? Well, yes, that's an excellent and, comment. Yes, and I was just like, wow. You know, it just took a lot, I think, for, for me to hear a man say that about his daughter, but then to take some responsibility about how he had gone about whatever relationships he had because we all get it wrong, you know, but it's just different to hear a man speak about it from that perspective. Like, no, I'm not going to arm myself. You're going to teach your son to be to a better man. Himself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy because that goes back to societal norms that we kind of talked about last shift and how um, you know, men are able to do whatever the hell mm -hmm. they want to and women are the ones, the daddy's got to be the ones with the gun to protect them from these knucklehead little who was, boys. Who they were just like when they were in that yes. age. Yes, and that's insane. Mm -hmm. You're right. The responsibility should be on on both parties. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the parents should be raising their sons to be respectful and mm -hmm. to, to admire and honor women and all that yes. stuff. Yes. Yeah. What do you think, Tiff? Um, I think it brings up 
when it especially is talking about the daughters, I think that brings up a good point, but it also brings up the other women in that person's life, like how they treat their sister or their mother, mm-hmm. their aunts and things like that. And I feel like a lot of times when people will look back at like their relationships that went sour when they do think of like how he treated his mom or how he treated his sister and they will look back and reflect and be like yeah he didn't treat them that well either and so it's almost like you you'll see like you said you see the little warning signs but you'll you'll choose to kind of bypass them for whatever amount of time until things kind of directly affect you and so just to kind of at least be mindful of them in the beginning when you see kind of like the little red flags like take a mental note of it even if you guys are just casually dating like don't don't forget those things because that's that's your conscience right. trying to you know tell you <clears throat> about <clears throat> things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the intuition you were yeah. talking about yes right like i think i heard something once that humans were the only animals who ignore instinct mm. and we have the you know higher cognitive ability or whatever to do exactly that but most animals do not ignore instinct mm-hmm. if they feel something is off they are out of there but we just we know we bypass that and everybody has heard once people show you who they are believe them Mm -hmm. and we don't we be like justify we rationalize yes Mm -hmm. it's okay i can change that right (laughs) or it's not that big a deal you know we make it smaller or settle make it right somehow in our minds when we know that it's wrong a lot of times from the very beginning we can feel it in our guts yes from the very beginning that's a good good thought provoking very Very good very good question um if you guys out there have any questions for us don't forget to email us at get sedated 705 at gmail.com also if you're not already which i don't know why you wouldn't be (laughs) (laughs) i just bumped the computer and the table sorry why you wouldn't be uh you can find us on uh facebook instagram and twitter um our twitter handle is at get sedated 705 also facebook and our instagram is conscious underscore sedation Mm -hmm. All right, so to get into this week's topic, um, we're talking about snapback and mommy blues. So I think today we're kind of debunking some of those myths out there for what's normal after you newly become a mother or a mother again for second, third, seventh time, whatever may fit your fancy. So in today's society, I feel like we have a lot of unnatural thoughts about how quickly a mother should snap back her body in a sense after she's just given birth to a new human and how quickly <laughs> an entire human being an entire human like everybody's like it's a baby but this is this is a human you brought into the world and that you grew from scratch you exactly. made this person from scratch your body stretched in an unnatural way a it's natural, natural way, but it feels <laughs> it feels really unnatural. It feels I mean, alien. All your organs get smushed and pushed, and all this stuff. You are sharing your body with another person, or two people, or or three, or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you you're exactly right. Yeah, and then we're supposed to just suck it back in and be back to how we were before in less than a month. Like that's crazy. So we're gonna kind of talk a little bit about that up first. So what do you guys think is like a normal amount of weight that a mother should put on during her pregnancy? It depends where you start. And most physicians will say if you're 
um, your BMI is a certain number, so on the lower end or underneath what would be considered overweight or obese, you have more room to put on weight. So I think the number is 25 to 35 pounds. It is 25 to 35. And then if you are um, obese or you're heavier, then you have a lot less give room. So maybe 15 to 20 mm -hmm. is the recommendation at that point. So that can be a lot of pressure, though, for women watching that scale. But the odd thing, and I've noticed this, a lot of women who are heavier tend to gain in that range. Mm -hmm. So I guess that number came from somewhere, but they don't gain like a ton, a ton of weight unless they're just out of control and eating for two and, you know, <laughs> going in. But mm -hmm. that's the recommendation. That's mm -hmm. And do you guys think that, I know a lot of the stuff that we come from is what we see on social media. Like when we see like these moms where it's just like, they're exact same size and only have a belly and they're on like these extreme diets and things like that do you think that that is healthy or that's just something that they're doing in order to kind of keep themselves within what they need to look like for whatever their life may entail acting physical training whatever I think again it goes back to where you start so if you are typically a very fit very healthy you don't have a lot of body fat before you get pregnant then it's, it's very likely that you will continue you, you should you're encouraged to actually continue your normal exercise routines you are discouraged from starting new things if you didn't ride the horses before you should certainly not ride horses while you're pregnant or if you didn't work out really hard going hard in the pain in the right. gym before you got pregnant you certainly should not pick that up when you become pregnant but if that's your normal that's your baseline then yes that will continue you'll stay um, very fit you'll have a very fit and healthy pregnancy um, but for most of us for most women that's not the case most women do have a certain amount of body fat and most women are we may even if we do work out and get a you know stay active or you know work out a little bit it's not um, to the point where we again don't have any body fat and so I think that social media definitely plays a part more so than those super fit moms who you know maybe be they may be bodybuilders or um, just super workout junkies I think we get a lot of pressure from the fashion industry a lot of um, pressure from the entertainment industry because celebrities love to pop a baby out and then get on social media and pop you know post themselves in a two-piece with no, no stretch marks and no belly and their boobs are great and their legs are fantastic <laughs> and they're holding their little baby like uh snapping yes and so I think we get more pressure from them than we do from the, actually those healthy moms get a lot of flack mm -hmm. from people. I mean, I've seen people go in on them on social media, like, how could you do that to your baby? Like, your baby's not growing. And <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. And so even though they may have, very well have a healthy pregnancy, I think we get more, more um, pressure for the snap back, um, to snap back into our pre-pregnancy body or pre-pregnancy weight from the entertainment industry and the fashion industry. Um, more so than than those healthy bodybuilders or whatever. Mm. Also, I have I have seen so like I'm in several. You guys know I'm a lactation consultant, so I'm in several like breastfeeding groups um, on Facebook or prenatal groups or postpartum groups. I'm on several of those, and I see people who have um, like nutrition. They are they're in nutrition sales. They prey on pregnant women. Like, I have seen people, a mom post a picture, like, just have my baby. It could be, the mama got a hospital band on in the picture. Baby's just popped out. 
And they're commenting on the status like, if you need any information mm -hmm. about okay. weight loss See, and supplementing and blah, 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 blocked. let me know. Mm -hmm. So a mm -hmm. lot, of, lot of nonsense. They prey on these women. So then these women, they already have pressure from the entertainment industry. And now they've got this pressure they didn't even ask for unsolicited pressure <laughs> from people in, the, in the, the sale nutrition sales and so then they feel like well dang am i supposed to lose a bunch of weight am i yeah but you're right they and a lot of times they are blocked or asked not to post that in those groups because that's not the platform for that but they prey on those women a lot i'd like to blame social media i think that we subject ourselves to an undue or unnecessary amount of stress and pressure around our own body image but I also think that our community does that too and so a lot of times within your own household can be the largest loudest voice of insecurity that reflects these things about your body you know a lot of when I was a young girl one of my grandmothers every time I would see her she would be like hey are you gaining weight you know what I'm saying and it was always that sort of conversation and so these things have been set up from a very very early age and then you add to that all of the things that are happening internally and a lot of times people do not consider that when they're looking at the outer shell and what's happening with that mom whether her body looks back normal or not there's still so many things happening on the inside yeah. so I would be curious to hear what someone like Tiana Taylor who clearly has a very strict workout regimen, probably a really good diet and good genes to boot and she's young and all of that working for her. I would be interested to hear what she what what she was actually going through and what was happening for her. Even though she had her body back, she was not the same woman. You know what I'm saying? She did not come out on the other side of that the same woman and though she's probably grateful, okay, my body looks back the way it did because her Look is her check, just like Massey. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Those are their industries. Beyonce, these people, this is their industry. They get paid off their looks, their body, yada, yada. And so they have that drive. But then there are women who, regular, you know, Susan, who's looking at these women expecting that after they have a baby or placing these own sorts of expectations on themselves. And it's just not the case. It's unreal. It's not even a realistic expectation to have after you have a baby. For a, for the normal, you know, the normal person, woman. It's just not. It's not a realistic, realistic expectation. It's not. And I wish we could figure out how to let that go. Because even if you get back to your pre-pregnancy weight, your shape your might change. Your hips mm -hmm. may be different. You may find that you've got a little more, you know, meat on the side or your belly. It may be, um, you know, small, but it may not be as tight as it was. You know, your body, your breasts change after pregnancy. Like, everything changes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, you're not going to look the same. Mm -hmm. Not exactly the same. Like you said, you, you can't, it's no possible way that you grow a child, birth a child, and then you, you remain the same. You don't. Yeah. And then I think there's a, a large education gap. Our society and the culture that we're raised in has eliminated the physiology. So a woman's body is made to store fat. Why? to nourish a child mm -hmm. most of what is in breast milk is fat mm -hmm. and that is to nourish this child and get this baby through keep this baby protected organs bones and help the baby grow and all of that stuff so 
there is a reason that a mom gains weight during a pregnancy. That's so all of that fat and that goodness or whatever can go right into the breast milk. And when people fight against that, I think you can get into a harmful situation. Now, granted, the body is going to do what it's designed to do, and the baby is going to take its nutrients first. But then that leaves mom on the deficient end a lot of times. Because I feel like that like affects when people go on these like super strict diets or whatever afterwards to try to get this unrealistic version of what they should look like immediately mm-hmm. after then you have all these deficiencies and then that compounds all of the changes that Ryan was saying that are already going on in their bodies so mm-hmm. everything is already shifting around and moving and then you're not supplying yourself with mm-hmm. the adequate nutrients that you need which mm-hmm. can be very detrimental and then further complicate some of the other things that we'll talk about a little bit later yes right. can I add one more yeah. thing too about the whole body fat thing another way of like kind of driving that home is you'll know that extreme athletes who are women bodybuilders who are women who have this low low percentage of body fat typically have trouble with their menstrual cycles also mm-hmm. because the body fat is essential especially to a woman's body mm-hmm. and so i mean yes. it's there for a reason absolutely it definitely does affect things i was like i've always been a skinny person but i guess luckily the scales have always tipped enough where i've not ever had like the effects of the menstrual cycle but i do know like when back when you're i was being an athlete I guess you could say like if you do push the scales like a little bit too hard to the one side your body does immediately like hey we don't have enough anymore Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so it does affect things very quickly um our body is like a well-oiled machine and if you (laughs) snatch things away or try to take things away it usually doesn't have that great of effect so I know we talked about um kind of like the ideals that the woman feels like affect her But how do you think, like, those surrounding her, like, her significant other and, like, her friends and things like that can be helpful in this time so that she's not feeling, like, that pressure or um, to kind of help boost her spirits, make her feel a little bit better, like, those types of things? Mm -hmm. So two things. I tend to look at the significant other and the rest of the family in two separate sections in my mind two different categories because the support is different and the way the mom views the the support and the way the mom even wants the support is different so in terms of like her family and I when when I'm thinking about the family I'm thinking mostly of the maternal influences in her family her grandmother her mom her aunts you know cousins things like that I think women who grow up in large families with women who are close to their same age tend to fare better they're kind of all childbearing age and kind of having babies all kind of at the same time because you have someone to be like well look this happened to you and you can kind of share stories and when somebody's right in the thick of it their stories tend to be a little bit more accurate than like our great grandma stories Mm -hmm. or our great aunt (laughs) stories because they tend to forget a little bit you know things kind of sometimes can become out of context because there's been so long since they had a baby but I know that I'm using myself as an example when I have babies Nobody ever discussed my weight. Nobody ever discussed if I was back looking great after I had babies or if I looked like I needed to do some sit-ups. Nobody ever said a word because 
in my family, it's just understood that you have a baby and it's such a beautiful thing. And like babies are such blessings in my family and the whole childbirth process is really respected in my family that it, it, it's not a, it's not a thing that if you gain a little weight after you have a baby or you don't lose all of your pregnancy weight, it's not a huge deal in my family if you don't. But I know that that can be true in other families. I know sometimes Big Mama may make comments. Like you mentioned, Tasha, your grandma said comments, and you weren't even childbearing <laughs> age. So I know sometimes that can be difficult for a new mother because as a woman, you know, women, a lot of, most of us already have self-image issues. A lot of us already look in the mirror and pinch our side mm -hmm. love handles and turn around and look at our back fat and think about the cellulite in our thighs. Oh, that's just me. Oh, okay, that's just what I do. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Can I get an amen? Amen. And amen. And amen. With my flowy dress on today. So, yeah. So, uh, most of us do. I think even the slim, you know, slimmest of us do that. You know, look at ourselves and want to fix Love this some. or fix that and want to <laughs> think, oh my God, I can't believe whatever. And so, after you have a baby, and you've got this totally new body, right? You don't even notice it when you're pregnant. Sometimes people do like, oh, I gained so much weight. My nose is big or my face is so fat. But really, after you have that baby and you're looking in the mirror and you're like, ugh, you already feel that yourself. So then to have it compounded with your grandmother or your mom saying, well, honey, when I had you, <laughs> I mean, I just, mm -hmm. I lost my weight right away. Like, did you, mom? Mm -hmm. <laughs> did you you know and so they tend to forget and be a little bit disconnected so I always encourage them to um, really the most important things that you should be telling your daughter after she has a baby is to sleep when the baby sleeps which is cliche as hell but it is real as hell and to make sure she eats because sometimes after we have a baby we forget so much we're so busy taking care of the baby that we forget to take care of ourselves and I've seen women get sick and have to go to the hospital because they were dehydrated and all that stuff so the weight issue Unless she brings it up to you, you don't have to necessarily bring it up to her because she's already self-aware that she has this new body. And so what she needs from her maternal support is help taking care of that baby, answering baby questions because she's going to have some, and just encouraging her to take care of herself. Now, her partner is, I know a lot of times your support person, your significant other, it's real important for you to get that snap back because they done fell in love with your sexy silhouette, your, your Coke, bo Coke bottle figure or whatever. And they have fallen in love with you that way. Now you have had this baby. And they are wondering, what am I getting myself into after you push this kid out? And so I always it's tell... It's ruined. <laughs> Martin said, look at the pussy. <laughs> it's ruined. <laughs> it's actually yeah, not. That part. <laughs> so <laughs> I always, as part of my breastfeeding education, I always tell dads that... Breastfeeding is one of the easiest ways for your partner to lose some of her pregnancy weight because just sitting on the couch breastfeeding all day, she can lose or burn 500 calories a day. 500 calories per day just sitting on the couch. This is a pound a this week. This is not mm -hmm. doing any exercise. This is I'm talking about sitting on the couch watching Real Housewives <laughs> breastfeeding your baby 500 calories a day. And so I always tell dads that because that is one more way for them to encourage her to be successful with breastfeeding. But also then he gets a benefit too. He gets to understand that she's burning these extra calories. And so then, 
you know, it'll be easier for her to lose, shed some of that pregnancy weight. And so I, that, that's the way that I encourage families to kind of support her through this process. Um, of course, like I said, not bringing it up unless she brings it up to you. And then I'm all about being truthful and honest, though. What does that mean? Not being mean. I mean, like, if she says... Wait a second. Well, like, if she says, um, does my butt look different since I had the baby? Well, yeah, it does look a little different. You ain't got to be like, I mean... (laughs) Unless it's popping after the baby. Because I'm going to tell you what, when I was pregnant... (laughs) What? The only time I had a booty in my life was when I was pregnant with those twins. Anyhow... Be honest. I'm you know, she if she's <laughs> Me asking. Too. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, no I mean, I had a booty. booty. booty was on dick. <laughs> <laughs> don't look now, though, because. <laughs> like, you right? like, search party. Hey, anybody seen Ryan's ass lately? <laughs> Where that, though? Where that, though? It was around some years ago. Hey. I haven't seen it. I'm just saying. Be honest. So... If she asks if her body is different or things look different, you can be honest and say, yeah, it does. I mean, you ain't got to be like, yeah, you fat. Like, I can't can't believe your stomach look like that with all them stretch marks on it. You don't want to say that. But I am, I do believe in being honest. Because if she's asking you, like I said, she's already self-aware. She's now asking you, be honest. I would want somebody to be honest with me. That's fair. Because you could say it, like you said, say it tactfully. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. yeah. yeah. But I like that though. I like, like it. Look at the little new love handles you got over there, boo. Bring them over. Come here. <laughs> Come here, love handles. Hey. I'm excited about a new butt though. That would be exciting if I did get a little, be a little, a little something, something. A little junk. Ooh. I mean, I don't know how useful it was because I had a big old belly too, but. You look like an S. I did. <laughs> Bam. It's all good. But I had one, though. Hey, tell That's me I can't nice. get a booty. Mm-hmm. Had one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now I got to collect myself <laughs> again. <laughs> okay, so you spoke a little bit about breastfeeding. So, obviously, it has, like, a, a weight loss benefit that I was not aware of. Um, what do you think kind of affects why... Certain women don't want to breastfeed. Like, I know, me, myself, I'm a little scared <laughs> me, to breastfeed. Myself, um, <laughs> me, myself, personally. Me, myself, I have small breasts, and I am, like, in... Y'all need to know this, but my nipples are different. So, it's like, <laughs> I am a little Look, I'm a light patient because I'm a light patient because I'm like, I'm like, tell me more. They are not challenged at all. Inverted. That is not even an issue. Let me, uh, let's do an assessment. Girl, Girl that's what I'm trying no to do. Trust me. <laughs> but no assessment still, necessary. like, it's like, even me, myself, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to breastfeed like to me it's a little scary because I'm like what if like my breasts shrivel up and then I'm left with like little nubs like <laughs> I would nubs <laughs> like I don't so, have much tissue and then like if it just went away like I would die it's not gonna go away <laughs> so let's be very clear <laughs> that size does not matter when it comes to breastfeeding and so I, that's a common concern, though. Lots of women think, well, my boobs are too small. There's no way I'll make enough milk because they're too small. The size of your breast, it has no bearing on how much milk you have. I've seen women that have small breasts that are able to overproduce produce enough milk to feed their baby and donate ounces and ounces to the, the, the milk bank. So the size does not matter. So don't let that make you feel some kind of way. Nipples, there are no two nipples that are alike. 
even my left and my right nipple are different, and so don't Mine let the same. You a lot. She perfect. Y'all say over here. Show us. They're not. Prove <laughs> <laughs> it. Thank God we're alive. Thank God we're oh alive. My God. Oh my God. Okay. Because <laughs> once the sun shines on these, your I'm life will change. You guys, already. nobody's left and right. Anything is the same. It's all. My nipples the same. Nope. Tasha's are. Oh, Tasha is the exception to the rule. They both point to the ground. It's fine. What? <laughs> <laughs> Tasha's nipples point to the ground and they are the same size. Mine equally point to equally point. So we got some weird nipples in our we family. Do. <laughs> Sorry, my point to my chest. But that's okay. Because babies can nurse off of all different sorts of nipples. And I have seen babies nurse on nipples that point to the ground, and I have also seen nipples breastfeed babies very well when they point to the chest and so that is not a deterrent but I do that's actually I'm glad you brought that up yes. and we're very transparent about that concern for yourself because if you think that then there are 5,000 million mm-hmm. trillion other women who feel that way too mm-hmm. for other reasons though of course and so um there's no physical very few physical reasons I'd say 99% of women can produce enough milk um, for their baby and 99% of nipples work Okay, and so don't let that be a deterrent for you. But what's your question was why do women sometimes shy away from breastfeeding? Um, Some of the reasons that I've heard that women shy away, the biggest reason is because it's cultural. And so if you come from a family that didn't breastfeed, you've never seen it done. None of your friends have done it. None of your neighbors have done it. Your cousins, nobody's doing it. So you don't, it's not even, you hear people talking about it. But it's almost like a goal that's unattainable for you. Like, that's for them. They do that. And that's very, very true, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even though there are several women in the black community who do breastfeed, there is a vast number of neighborhoods, cultures, communities where breastfeeding is almost non-existent. And so that's a huge reason. The other reason are physical things um, that you were talking about. Like, my nipples are too whatever and my breasts are too whatever. I've heard women say my breasts are too big mm-hmm. to breastfeed. So everybody has different perceptions of what the perfect breastfeeding boob looks like. There isn't one, by the way. <laughs> Just that's, a, <laughs> that's free advice. Let me tell you. Yeah, there's no perfect breast. Also, people are concerned, particularly in women who have been sexually abused. A lot of times they choose not to breastfeed because they it may be a trigger for them. And they feel like they can't imagine putting this person that they love and forcing them to take their breast into their mouth. And so a lot of women who have experienced sexual trauma or sexual abuse struggle with that. Um, And then some women feel like I'm going back to work. And so I'm going back to work. I can't be quote unquote tied down to this little baby because I have to work. Again, very common um, concern in the black community because most black mamas have to go back to work, especially think about low income populations or even middle class populations. We got to work. Those are concerns that they have. And so educating them about their options in terms of pumping and storing milk for the baby um, usually is a good way to help them to understand that, okay, this is at least possible. But those are some of the reasons that I see. Most, those are the most reasons that I see that their moms, you know, shy away from it or aren't kind of unsure about breastfeeding. Because I, I legit was scared that I'm going to, like, have no breast left. <laughs> right, and that too. <laughs> it's just like... So our breasts change during pregnancy. 
And so that's one thing that women don't, a lot of times we don't realize. Your breasts grow during pregnancy. They become fuller. Your milk production starts during pregnancy. And so all the changes that happen to our breasts happen during pregnancy. That's what I was going to say. Like, there's no fear in that because those things are going to happen whether you breastfeed or not with your breasts getting big and shrinking back down because a lot of people do feel like, oh, they're going to be saggy afterwards and stretched out. and that's no, Well, whether you breastfeed or not, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get big and get small again. So now the thing about it when you breastfeed, so initially like when you wean the baby, sometimes your breasts do feel like floppy. And the reason is because right now, everybody feel your breasts, do a little self-exam at home, ladies. If you feel your boobs, they're full of fat right now. Your breasts are mostly fat. So when you're when you're making milk, those milk ducts have to expand. And so they have to push the fat, elbow the fat out of the way. So the fat goes away and you've got mostly milk ducts in your breast. And so after you wean and those milk ducts go back down to normal size because they're not full and bursting with milk, then it takes a little while for the fat to come back. And so for the first couple of months, you may feel like, dang, where did my boobs go? But after you, after you wean and the fat starts to come back, your boobs look I mean, they'll plump back up. I have never gotten a complaint about my boobs. Actually, I get compliments. Can you please stop okay. touching yourself? Right I now. am a lactation you consultant. Listen, if you are not lact- consulting anybody my at point this moment, is this. if you are a lactation consultant, comment on our posts or comment on our um, SoundCloud and She's tell them touching her boobs this is a right thing now. that lactation consultants do. I don't care. Even I have been on stage addressing professional my, my my coworkers or my 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 colleagues and when I'm talking about breastfeeding we touch our boobs it's a thing that we do anyhow they mind why I can't touch my boobs because you're not in private for one and this making me uncomfortable because you're talking anyway, about them in a sexual manner I'm nobody's not. ever complained I got some compliments on, on how I breastfed three babies and my boobs still popping so they don't shrivel up. What's next? It's turned into the Ryan show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To reel back in. To Ryan's breast. Right. And my nipples. Says Beyonce. Welcome back to con- says, Conscious Sedation. Says Beyonce. Woo. Woo. So part two of this discussion is going to be about the mommy blues. And so... Would one of you guys be comfortable, like, defining, like, what it is and why it's normal? I think a lot of people sometimes just don't know exactly what mommy blues or postpartum depression, like, really means and why it is normal to a certain extent. Like, I know sometimes it can go beyond, but Mm. sometimes a part of it's normal. The difference between mommy blues and postpartum depression is they have different definitions. For one, I want to say mommy blues is, like, it... It has an onset of could be immediately up to two weeks or something like mm-hmm. that. And then postpartum depression is something that goes on outside of that and mm-hmm. comes with some other symptoms. And you might need even medication to release you from those feelings of sadness or resentment sometimes towards the baby. Guilt maybe if they're not, they feel like they're not a good mother, quote unquote, or Whatever. So mommy blues is just something that is typically short term, a normal kind of dip in the mood after all of these hormones and things like that are shifting around and kind of normalizing all over again. I'll say I 
always explain it. You're right. I always explain it so that my moms can understand. I always say that. So when you first get pregnant, your horm as you as you progress through your pregnancy, the hormones that it takes to maintain the pregnancy, they go up, right? Mm -hmm. They kind of gradually go up until they level off. And so your body has an opportunity to get used to this new hormone mm -hmm. that's on board. Well, as soon as you have a baby, bam, they mm -hmm. crash. They go all the way down. There's no time to get used to the fact that now you no longer have this new hormone on board. And so now you've got this hormone going down and then you've got this milk making hormone that's going all the way up. And then you've had, you know, if you if you had any uh, Pitocin on board to induce your labor, that's another hormone that's throwing everything off. And then you've got natural oxytocin that's throwing your whole, everything is, your, your, your motherboard is going crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And so the baby blues are a result, you're exactly right, from this sudden shift in your hormones and so it causes your brain to be like, whoa. And so then you can be kind of weepy. You might be tearful. You may feel kind of sad. Um, but it's not so intense that you cannot enjoy other activities. And you're right. It can be as soon as you have the baby to about two weeks. And some experts will even argue that two weeks is too long if you're feeling the, the baby blues. So that, that's debatable in the, in the field of postpartum depression. But um, you're exactly right. Postpartum depression is like you can't shake it. You can't enjoy your life. You can enjoy your baby. You're miserable all of the time. There's no mm -hmm. exception to that rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's, I mean, the whole Pitocin, we'll talk about that, I guess, too, a little bit later. But Pitocin is something that is a connection hormone like a lovey-dovey kind of feel in our bodies we make oxytocin this natural um, amnesiac too this hormone that wires us to connect and so this is also released during sexual acts and when our cervix and things like that are stimulated so it's kind of like a, a upper a feel-good kind of thing once you have the baby your body is releasing this to kind of return things back to normal but after you've kind of reached this this point where you're out of the woods, like the oxytocin and pitocin that you receive through your IV if you're in a hospital, work to get the uterus back to a normal size, decrease your bleeding. And when you're breastfeeding, your body releases this too, which is why that's another thing that's really good when you're breastfeeding. You, you have this surge of this hormone that's going to kind of keep you up, but you have this huge dip in that too. And so you have a lot of trouble. Or, or you can if the, these hormones are shifting around and you don't even know. You, you don't even know what's happening. You is, just feel sad. I have a random question. I don't know if you guys know the answer to this, but like women that are on like birth control and these types of things do, since they're taking like these extra hormones when they are pregnant, do they seem to have more of these surges because their body was already used to like almost a different level do you notice that they have any other surges than other women that were on birth control before or does it seem to affect i don't know that i've ever read any research that has even addressed that topic or the mm -hmm. thought because most birth control the hormone that's active in those is not the same hormone that is utilized when, to support a pregnancy yes so i just didn't know if it was like something that because I know, like, my PCP has talked about, like, how it knocks, like, my normal hormone levels mm -hmm. off just because. With your birth control? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How everything is just a little bit abnormal. And so I wondered if, like, women that have been on it for so long and then when they finally do get pregnant, like, if it takes their body, like, longer to 
experience like changes or if they're more affected. But it was just a random question. I want to me. think that that's one of the more wonderful things about the human body and its ability to adjust and um, constantly heal itself and, you know, make anew what maybe was normal before if you were taking birth control pills or whatever. Once you stop that, those birth control pills have a certain half-life, so they're gone at a certain point and your body is going to restore whatever its normal would be at some point. And it would have to for you to get pregnant. I mean, some right. people are from murder one and get pregnant on birth control. Like, ooh, child. I'm one of those. <laughs> that would be me. I've seen them. I mean, I've had a patient get pregnant on Depo, birth control pills, and she had a tubal ligation, and she had a baby. And so it just seemed silly to ask her what she wanted for birth control. But after those things are gone and absent from the body, you're not taking them, then the body works really, really hard to get back into a normal kind of setup. Yeah, I, I would, I mean... That's a good question, though, mm -hmm. considering that it does throw your it body does. off when you're not pregnant because it is giving you false, you know, mm -hmm. or synthetic hormones. So it does shift everything. Um, so I know when pregnancy happens, everything switches. But yeah. I'm like, what normal would your body be trying to go back to, I guess? Whatever is normal for you. Whatever your normal. I mean, of course, when we talk about hormones, there's a range, right? Like every other <laughs> lab. Right, of course. So, yeah. So your body will be trying to get back to, to your original innate biological baseline not thinking like about be, the, the yeah. hormones that are being pushed into your body from birth control I feel like that would be like a crazy switch because you were already at like a certain place with the birth control then you're pregnant then you have a baby then your body's trying mm -hmm. to shift back to that and you're not used to that because you mm -hmm. grew up here and right yeah that's a, and good a lot of birth control does come with those kind of side effects or whatever the side effects are I've never been on birth control before but yeah, yeah that would be interesting and a lot of people talk about how man, I've been on Depo for five years or whatever, and it took them a long time once they really decided, okay, I'm ready to have a child to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of talk with, like, the healthcare changes and things like mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that people, they're thinking that they're going to take away, like, the oral contraceptives. And so people are trying to, you know, get these IVs yeah. and all this stuff implanted now, but I just wonder, since people aren't used to all the effects of these types of things, if that will cause more... Problems or just to see how it affects things differently. So with the mommy blues, so we know that to a certain point they're normal. When it switches over to postpartum depression, it's not normal. Mm -hmm. Is there are there certain warning signs that like women should watch out for in themselves? I know you said it kind of is when you're not able to enjoy anything or those types of things. Is it like normal depression, like where they're just not they don't find the joy in things, they don't want to eat, they don't want to have sex, like all these types of things or a little bit more some parts of that is normal though like with the sex and you know we just discussed it's a lot of changes happening in the body but I don't know if we're going to discuss postpartum psychoses too because there's different aspects of it it's like a a stair step kind of pattern progression. yeah progression thank you Ryan so you know, you have the mommy blues, which is usually kind of short-lived. And then after this two weeks, or like Ryan says, sometimes people suggest that two weeks is too too long for you to be feeling sad and not able to enjoy anything. This is a time that you really should be trying to speak with your provider and your, your caregivers or whoever's around you. If you see somebody like Ryan, a lactation consultant, they should be trying to flag you or your chart. And see where you are as far as adjusting because it is very difficult to see when you're on the inside looking out. 
it's hard to know like is this normal what am i feeling right you got any more things yeah it is a lot like regular depression it's just postpartum depression because the trigger is like we talked about the hormones but the feelings are a lot the same and so i also wanted to be make sure that we are mindful that women can actually experience post depression um prenatally Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times that is missed and so if a mom is depressed or has anxiety during pregnancy, then of course it's not going to change when she has the baby. It's actually going to get worse because of the hormone surge and dip. And so um, we have to be very careful about that. There's, there's talk right now about the, the effectiveness of doing those postpartum depression screenings and at the, the bedside mm-hmm. postpartum because, of, I mean, there's a surprising like n- high number of women who will test and, and score and positive yeah mm-hmm. positive for postpartum depression and so that is just a indication that they were most likely depressed when they were when they were already pregnant and so you know you kind of already spoke to the fact that it could be a natural progression and so I always educate the people around this mother to be watchful of her because as a woman we don't want to have postpartum depression because Mm -hmm. like you said when women think about postpartum depression Tasha they think about postpartum psychosis Mm -hmm. and it's totally different so postpartum depression you feel sad you can't get happy you may have a loss of appetite you may not be sleeping you may be restless all those things but you never think about harming your child and so that's when we get into postpartum psychosis when you think about having an actual plan of harming your child or harming yourself even that is psychosis and so when but we don't realize that because whenever we see a story of a mom who drowns her kids andrea yates is the perfect example of that um they they, they tag it postpartum depression mm-hmm. and it's not they tag it's it postpartum. postpartum we talked about that that was a language lesson. Right, like, <laughs> yeah. that's straight and so then we we as society think mm-hmm. that that's what that means and so then women we become in denial we don't want to be depressed we we just had a baby we're supposed to love this little baby we supposed to we don't want to be sad because society says we're not supposed to be sad after we have a baby this is a joyous occasion what a blessing it is to have a baby right and so then we hide it. And so I educate dad or partner or grandma to be watchful of this mom and for them to know what the postpartum depression looks like because they're the ones who are going to recognize it in her. And they, are, they, they should be the ones to support her to getting to seeking support. Um, that could be medication. Sometimes it could be organizing a break for this mom. Self-care. Sometimes it could be saying, you know what, you go for a walk every day at 5.30 when I get off work. You've been home with the baby all day. You're going to go out and get some fresh air and go for a walk. Or um, for me, I'm a survivor of postpartum depression. And going to the gym helped me a great deal. I didn't um, want to take medication, even though there are safe medications to take um, to help you get through postpartum depression while you're breastfeeding. I just wanted to try other things first before I went that route. And I was blessed that altering, um, altering my diet and incorporating exercise even just two times a week really boosted my mood significantly where I was able to cope with the postpartum depression. Um, and so sometimes it can be that simple as offering some support for this mom. And so th- but sometimes that's not enough. And then you do need some medication coverage, and that is okay. Okay. That is okay. And I also wanted to just make sure I let moms know that sometimes it is not love at first sight. Sometimes <laughs> you do not push out a baby 
the person you have never met before in your life and feel like you love them right away. And that is also okay. Society tells us we're supposed to fall in love with this new human that we grew from scratch and carried for nine months, but we don't always. And that is okay. And even though that's not my story, I was so in love. But <laughs> if I wasn't, that would have been okay. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that I tell moms or my, women who are childbearing age, you two who haven't had babies, if you don't feel like I love this little squishy baby right now, that's okay. You just met that little squishy baby. They are a person <laughs> you just met. And that's okay. I think it's important, too, on the provider side, the caregivers, the people who are at the bedside, first to be compassionate and not flag this person prematurely. Because like Ryan just said, okay, maybe bonding doesn't happen in the first 20 minutes or whatever it is. If if this mom has gone through 48 hours of hard labor with no anesthesia and this baby comes out and she doesn't want skin to skin or she doesn't want anything to do with the baby right away, a lot of times caregivers will be like, "Mm, I don't know, this one's not bonding. Give it a little bit of time, you know, and then like Ryan said, we're starting to see a shift now where we're assessing for postpartum depression or maybe even mommy blues at the hospital. And so for all of these patients out here, childbearing or otherwise, be honest with your caregivers. We have a questionnaire that we ask for them to answer, but it's very difficult to answer questions if you have that stigma attached to those questions in your mind, or if you feel like the hospital, the nurses, the doctors are then going to treat you differently if you say, I'm feeling sad and no, I don't want to take my baby home or, you know, whatever it is. So try and be honest about whatever it is that you're feeling so that the support that you need can be given to you. I think all that kind of brings us to our nursing notes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I will start. I've not had any babies yet, but I think the biggest thing when you have questions is to ask questions. No question is stupid. Like my question about the nipples. And my voice is shrinking up. It's a legit question. It is. It's a common question. You'd be surprised how many moms say that. You'd be surprised how many other moms say that. And so definitely just get information that you need so you can do what you need to do. And then also just be patient with yourself. Um, It's like no other life process. You're... Like we said, growing a whole nother human and popping them out. But not literally popping them out. No, you're popping them out. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I go through waves. I want a baby, and then I hear plop out of my vagina, and I don't. Well, with the sound. Yeah. With that sound. That's better than me saying that your flesh tears open. I know it will, but. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. You so, yeah, ask what questions. What are we supposed to be lifting the mood back yeah. up? That is lifting the mood. Ask what a glorious thing. Honest answers. So then you don't go in there with this unrealistic expectation that the baby's going to slide out like butter so uh, no but yeah ask questions be patient with yourself in the processes before and after and love yourself and love your baby that's my nurse's note good short and sweet that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to go right back to one that I've had before when we talked about um, over being overwhelmed because I don't know what shit we were talking about ask for help that is a huge one mamas listen nobody is gonna swoop down and take your baby if you ask somebody for help 
If you need somebody to come over and watch the baby while you take a nap. If you need your husband to help you unload the dishwasher because you are tired. Whatever it is that you need, nobody knows what you need except for you. And so you have to be comfortable asking for help. You also have to be comfortable accepting help because after you have a baby is the one time people will do anything for you. And so if somebody comes over and says, hey, do you want me to, I heard the dryer stop. Do you want me to get those clothes? Appreciate you that, are going homie. to attach a string to your chin and pull it down <laughs> for yes every <laughs> single time somebody asks you. Even simple things like I had to really get out of the mindset like when I had, I, I'm carrying two car seats. And somebody be like, you want me to get the door for you? Let me get the door for you. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> right? And so that's not right. Just accept help. There's nothing wrong with accepting help. You are not expected to do it all. And if you are expected to do it all, you shouldn't be. Because taking care of another human being. Listen, I like what Tiffany said. Like, we think about it as a baby. I call them tiny humans because they are whole people. And it is exhausting taking care of a whole nother person. And this is a normal baby this is a normal baby a you normal have a baby with some issues yes you have it's, it's mm-hmm. a whole if you have a special needs baby then you got a whole nother ball game exactly so that's one and i'm gonna just encourage you guys i talked about this last shift um about just really loving your new mommy body love it embrace it love your mommy lines if you get them everybody doesn't get mommy lines that um you can showcase to show that you have stretched. i got mommy lines <laughs> Hold it. Hold it. I got some rain on the side. I done had them for a while, though. I got some right here on my side. What can William say the way? Ain't nobody thinking about them stretch marks. They only mean one thing. Either you was big and got small, or you was small and got big. Also, it means you grew a a tiny human. Okay. Tiny human. So, love them. Love them. Embrace them. This is all a journey. Um, And as it relates to the snapback, there is no estimated time of arrival. Okay? You stay in your lane. You set your goals. You set your intentions. You work hard towards your goals. You give yourself some grace. If you don't reach all your goals, your workout goals, or your diet goals that week, because it's hard to do it all. Like, it just is. And so give yourself some grace and just enjoy the journey because you'll spend all of your time and all of your energy focusing on this new mommy body. And then you'll blink and your baby is six months. And you think, God, I spent all this time being sad because I was having some stretch marks. And you've missed your baby got some teeth Your baby now. now has teeth and is snatching your fork out of your hand because he <laughs> wants to eat table food now. Um, and so just enjoy the journey. You know, the, the walk and being a mother is something that is not easy. It is something that is often a lonely road. Even if you have lots of people around you, being a mother is sometimes a very lonely road. There's also so much joy to being a mother. And you really should just enjoy every little aspect of the journey. Even the things you don't like. Even your little love lines, your stretch marks, or the fact that you now have this floppy accordion-like belly because it's stretched and now it's back to normal. Or um, whatever the case, whatever it is about your body that you don't enjoy right now because it's new from the body that you had before you got pregnant. Just enjoy it. Try to find the joy in your new mommy body. I would say that my nurse's note is geared towards the support system or the partner. Be compassionate. Yes. And when mom is talking about my body is this and feeling all 
out of sorts and not like herself, validate that and then be supportive in that moment because that can mean the difference between mommy blues and postpartum depression. Um, postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis, that can make all the difference for her journey, her experience, and maybe wanting to have another child mm -hmm. or whatever it can be, how she can bond with this baby. And so it's real helpful if you have somebody around you who can be supportive of whatever it is you're feeling and then provide you with what your needs are in that moment. And moms, you have to be able to say it. Like Ryan said, ask for help and then practice self-care. And it's for everybody involved because we all um, want to bring our best selves to the table. But it's very difficult to do that if you are on E <laughs> and this baby does not care about you being on E. Child. And so if that means dropping the baby off or, and I encourage my moms, like you said earlier, sleep when your baby sleeps, which is very tempting because when you go home, the baby is down. You want to get things done. But when the baby is up, then when are you going to be able to get any rest? It's also important to know your tap out. So if this baby is cranky, you know you fed the baby, changed the baby, held the baby, it's inconsolable. Put the baby in a safe place. I give you permission right now. Walk away. I Take some breaths. Mm. Yeah. Walk away. Put the baby down. Walk away. Take some deep breaths. Collect yourself. Whatever those moments are that you need. If you know that that's not going to harm the baby, it's going to be okay. And then come back. Alright. Second that I have had to walk away, not many times, but I have certainly had to do it. Like, I don't know, what's wrong with this kid? And you trying to bouncing and shaking and <laughs> jiggling and dancing and walking and swaying and, swaying and swinging. And they don't want to be in the bouncing. They don't want to be on the floor. They don't want to be held and they don't want to be on your shoulder. Listen, little baby. <laughs> either little human. One or two things is going to have to happen. You're either going to have to quiet. talk and tell me what the hell is wrong with you. Or I'm going to have to put your little butt down. And the baby's like, Second option. Second option. Right. <laughs> option B it is. <laughs> option B it is. Okay, well, you going in the room. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, even five seconds. I mean, five minutes. It, you know, two minutes mm -hmm. is enough time for Ten you to regroup. Breaths, five. Yeah, it's enough time for you to regroup. And then you actually can maybe even think through some things, mm -hmm. too. Like, oh, my gosh, it's probably this. Or I wonder if it's that. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a new, new clear thought to... Mm -hmm. And even if you can't, like, figure it out. I feel like a lot of times babies feed off the energy that you're bringing. Oh, sure. And so if you are, like, tense and you are stressed out and you are sleep-deprived, which most moms are, especially if they're by themselves, their partner is working or whatever, there's going to be these moments where you are just tapped all the way out. You crying, the baby you crying. crying. Baby cry. <laughs> Listen, I did some moonlighting where I was like a private duty nurse. And I will never forget this. I would take people's babies from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And do whatever their care was that they needed throughout the night. If they were breastfeeding, I would take them in the breastfeed. Mom would bring them back out. Whatever. I went to this one lady's house and she had a toddler. Maybe like a two or three year old. When I say she whipped open the door and she had the baby in her arms, her hair was crazy and mama had on one house shoe. I said, um, give me the child. <laughs> right now. Give me, hand the baby over and you girl, go do whatever it is you need to do for yourself in this moment. Because you need stuff like that and it is okay.
okay. And it does not make you a bad mother. Mm. It has no reflection on your parenting. It makes you a good mom. At that point, it makes you a better mom. That you can have some kind of grid for, okay, I'm overwhelmed. I need to take a step. And th these are the moments where you have the opportunity to take care of yourself first. If you're on a the plane, they say, what, put your oxygen mask on first and then help the person next to you. So it's just really important for you to keep that in mind. And even like Ryan said, just a few minutes, mm -hmm. shut the door, take five mm -hmm. slow, deep breaths, and then try and tackle the world all over again. Ready. Yeah. 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 You can be refreshed with that. I think those are all really good tips. Mm -hmm. um, and if you guys have any tips or suggestions for things Share that helped us. you tell through us. your having a baby or tips for other young moms out there that are listeners, um, feel free to email us at GetSedated705. Or you can comment, hello, on our Instagram, conscious underscore sedation. Or you can send us a direct message in our DMs on Facebook. <laughs> it goes down in a DM. <laughs> or Twitter. <laughs> Either DM is fine. And IG has DMs, mm -hmm. too. So whatever DM you choose to blow up, we gon' we gon' answer. <laughs> we we gon' reply. So <laughs> we gon' reply. We gon' reply. We will reply. So right any there. of those avenues, hit us up. And so now it's time for our language live. I was gonna say yes, we should have said like, yeah, one of us. I will go ahead and say. So nobody can do it like you, Tiff. <laughs> Stop it. Nobody can do it like you, boo. So our lack for this week, you guys were already touching on it a little bit. When you're in the hospital and you're getting something through your vein to help your labor go on or to help you stop bleeding or whatever, it's not called potassium. Mm. That's good That's thought. lethal injection. Right. That's nice try. <laughs> it is a pee. It is a pee. It's not pop-tosin. <laughs> like a soda. Pop-tosin. It's, it's not, not that potosium. Ooh, Ooh. Potosium. Mm -hmm. potosium. People mm -hmm. get jazzy. It's like, can I get some potosium? Y'all, you know, the last time I had a baby, y'all got me some of that potosium <laughs> to get my labor started. What is it? <laughs> okay. okay. To get my labor started. <laughs> and, I don't and, know what is happening with this The goddess is, is here. here. The, the goddess, goddess is in full effect. To get my labor sorted. Okay. <laughs> is it very clear what her calling is in life? I wish y'all could see what is happening on this end there of the is What is it called, goddess? Come on. Come on, goddess. Come through, goddess. It is called pitocin. Pitocin. Pit. So we call it pit for short. Mm -hmm. It is pitocin. Ooh, if you want to sound jazzy, wouldn't it be funny if your patient was like, am I going to get some pit? I'd be like, girl, hey, you know what? Right. Like, is you a nurse, girl? Right. Is you a nurse? Look, it's true. Yeah, so okay. if we come in and we say, I'm going to turn your pit up, or I'm going to turn your pit off, that's what we mean. It's pitocin. Pitocin. Not poptocin. Pop-tosin is not potassium. It's a soda. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Don't say it anymore, guys. Pop-tosin. You know the right no, word. We are here to educate. See what I'm saying? Exactly. Learn help something us help today. You. Help right. us help you. Help me help you. Help me help you. <laughs> oh, this is not my part. Tasha, it's time for you. Boom, 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 boom.
I'm a pause. Eat it up. I'm done. Eat it up. You see, I look at her like, hey. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't hate on my dancing skills. And every time, she be loving it when I hype her up. She don't. That's cool. Who's the hater today? Exactly. Who's the hater now? Oh, my goodness. Nobody can do it like you. Nope. So the next shift. Wow. We are discussing. Alternative wow. therapies. What yeah. does that mean, Tiff? It's so broad. <laughs> <laughs> so we can go many different ways with this, <laughs> actually. There's tons of alternative therapies. therapies. I mean, we could we could even take it towards like marijuana and how that is being mm-hmm. used for different things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff like acupuncture and mm-hmm. all these types of things that you guys may Lots not know. Of Eastern medicine are yeah. available to mm-hmm. you instead of our Massage standard Western even alternative therapy. therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, we are gonna get into it next. Twerk week. therapy. Okay. Twerk hey. therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of spirit <laughs> has possessed this studio today. Yeah, gang thing. Yeah, gang is thing. Okay, bring them back. Listen, don't do that. <laughs> Y'all All right, haters. so it's time for us. <laughs> Y'all hate on my craft. It's work therapy. Oh, okay. Work right. therapy. Y'all hear more about that next <laughs> week. Hey, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to speak about it. Hey. I have been known to have a dance party. I told y'all that. Mm-hmm. But she got NASA child, so ain't no twerking over there. She got more ass than me. <laughs> I have more ass than both of you, actually. Oh. Um, <laughs> All right, y'all. And we will see you next week. Peace out, y'all. Bye. Bye.